Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the Osborne Confession, looking at Article 5, Ministry. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, it's great to see you guys again. Yeah, you too. Mm -hmm. I suppose you guys are super happy because baseball... Yes. ...is kicking in. I'm super happy. It's opening day in baseball. I forgot to wear my white socks here. I will be super happy a little longer than Brett will be super happy (laughs) because at the end of the day, the Twins will have one win and the White Sox won't. No way. (laughs) I'm actually going to start rooting just the White Sox. Just yes, yes. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> my boy. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I will bear that persecution. Uh, I know my son is actually excited that baseball is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Basketball started and they're yep. doing, doing the bubble thing. That's interesting. No. Right. So you have, they got tested, they were quarantined, and they can't leave this community now while they're playing. And mm-hmm. I think they stole it from New Zealand. And mm-hmm. um, recently I had to help someone with a, an audition. Uh, toward the New, the New Zealand Orchestra. And uh, there's no COVID cases there at all mm. because of how they shut their borders down. And right now you can't go there unless you're uh, a citizen. Yeah. And so it's a it's, lot easier to do when you're a country like what is the exactly. size of Vermont and yeah, surrounded right. by the ocean exactly. or whatever. <laughs> but what what an amazing thing that everything's open live. There's live music. All the restaurants huh. are open. And I, I've heard, and I did some research after that, their industries are booming because all of them are open. Oh, yeah. right. You know, they don't have to do any social distancing or anything. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Maybe think about moving to New Zealand. New Zealand. <laughs> maybe there we should go. do a church plant there. <laughs> think about becoming a hobbit and going to New Zealand. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's such a beautiful country, though. Yeah, fantastic. And we want to thank you guys as listeners. And uh, I don't know if we we probably should say this more often, but you know, subscribe to uh, to our podcast on yes. all the platforms. iTunes, Apple, Spotify. Yep. Yep. Now, those are the two big ones, iTunes, Spotify, you can stuff. just subscribe to the RSS feed from our mm-hmm. website, and mm-hmm. we do appreciate the feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. Email the, us at... at well, it's... <laughs> I don't know the I don't know the email because I don't use it. There, it's at, it's at beinglutheran.com uh, and there's right. a link to email. Yeah, you can go there's, right a, there's, the a, there's a contact form on the website. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like right. I have dozens of numbers memorized, but right. I don't call it like I can't for the life of me re- remember the church office phone number. Yeah. Same here. Church. I have to look at my uh, wall calendar. Yeah, and, I yeah. never call it. And this is like I've never emailed the Being Lutheran uh-huh. podcast once before. Right. But we do want to thank you for the feedback we've been yeah. given. Uh, we we appreciate all kinds of feedback. We appreciate yeah. the uh, challenges we receive when uh, it either sounds like or we have actually overstepped our bounds. And mm-hmm. we uh, really like hearing the stories of how yep. you guys are coming in contact yep. with us because this is, we're already well beyond the scope mm-hmm. of the where we thought the podcast would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just keeps growing and, and I keep yep. hearing about people's exposure to this and it blows my mind. Yeah, yep. Yep, find us on social media too. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Insta. Insta. On the Instagram. You haven't set up a Snapchat yet? I have not. (laughs) I'm not working on TikTok either. (laughs) Well, it might be banned by the time you figure out how to use it. Yeah, right. Uh, Exactly. So so today we're going to be jumping back into the Augsburg Confession. Uh, We we did a lot of episodes, more than usual. We usually do four for each article, but we did eight, uh, eight for the last one. 
uh, important. Um, but today we're I, moving to. It's not like yeah. justification is real important or anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, and now That's that we've right. completely wrapped up justification yeah. and solved all the controversies and, well, and, and move on from that, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, once we started going through the Bible studies, mm-hmm. it's just like there's a part of me that just wanted to keep hitting oh, all yeah. the major passages. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a good couple dozen passages that we yep. skipped over that we could have done Bible studies on. Mm-hmm. I felt the same way, and I think it just goes to prove and remind us mm-hmm. how much we need to hear the gospel, yeah. and especially justification, that, yep. Amen. That, that wonderful picture of being declared innocent, clothed in Christ's righteousness, mm-hmm. and placed into a right relationship with the Father. It's such yep. a comforting and inspirational thing. Mm-hmm. How much we need to hear the gospel and how much we need to realize the direct effort God has put in his word to oh, pointing Lord. us to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, absolutely constant and it it breaks my heart when the generic american church treats scripture as if it's a download of information or mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a compendium of good advice or as we talked about earlier a clickbait to grow well, your mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's you know it's uh, i've been talking uh, with a couple different people on genesis 1 and we're, we we have this study group that's going through one of luther's commentaries that's freely available and how the church today uses Genesis 1 as an apologetic against evolution. And in reality, the whole book is about Christ. And Genesis 1, if you, can't gospel, get, yeah, yeah. if you can't get to the gospel from Genesis 1, you're going to have a hard time getting there anywhere else. And how God's yeah. even chosen to reveal himself in the image bearer of God. And mm-hmm. Let us make man in our own image. Yep. That wonderful, nuanced plurality there that where we serve a triune God and we are made... Uh, in his image. And mm-hmm. that's a, a beautiful part too. And that, again, it goes right hand in hand uh, with the gospel. But man, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Amen. Yep. Yep. So today we're not leaving that in completely behind, but uh, having that inform us as we move forward, we're going to move on to Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession. And and the apology. And the apology. Yeah, and I was go. ready. Yeah, was ready. you're ready. Good. <laughs> uh, and it's titled, Of the Ministry. So I'm going to read that for us, and uh, we'll go from there. So pulling this up from bookofconcord.org, the public public domain, public, public domain yep. uh, of it. Uh, so it says, That we may obtain this faith, the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted. For through the word and sacraments, as through instruments, the Holy Ghost is given, who works faith, where and when it pleases God, in them that hear the gospel, to wit, that God, not for our own merits, but for Christ's sake, justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. They condemn the Anabaptists and others who think that the Holy Ghost comes to men without the external word, through their own preparations and works. That's the end. Pretty That's simple. It. Yeah, pretty... Yep. Go ahead. I don't know if this is revel, re- relevant, but I was following along in the Tappert version, and they were quite, oh, a, quite yeah, different. Some difference, <laughs> yeah. Was there something that, without reading the whole thing, because... Uh, we can, I don't think we can, yeah, right. so we oh, got to be careful. Never, never mind. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, to, <laughs> go go find your... Uh, yeah. the, it's that... Just the, go, the, go the and look book. it up, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, really, it's actually mm-hmm. kind of more, um, I guess... It, it, Elucidated. It's a little bit. You like the Tapper one better than I do. The, okay. I, it seems like it, it's kind of like I hate to say it this way because it's not a great analogy. King James but versus uh, yeah, like reading you know reading an NASB <laughs> and then uh, reading a good translation like you would find in yeah. in, in sometimes in the NLT. You know where mm-hmm. it's like oh that's kind of cool how they how they you know 
Mm-hmm. And I, that's not more, always the case, but right. in in those translations, but in this case, uh, with the Tappert version, actually, hmm. it, it actually it's yeah, it's, it's working yeah, very easier well. to understand. And we would yeah. probably say go get if you can go get all all the versions of yeah, yeah. You, collect you, them all. You're not a real Lutheran unless you've got three versions of the Book of Concord <laughs> on the table exactly. open at the same time, right? Exactly. Well, uh, I think where we want to start with this again is to yeah. highlight the intentional order of the Augsburg Confession. Again, yeah, good. it's it's mm-hmm. been our uh, desire to help everyone see that ver- articles one, two, and three mm-hmm. are leading up to the central article of justification. They didn't just throw darts at a dartboard to they, pick what topic they're going to talk about? Random topics. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they listed 28 random topics, and then they just blindfolded, did pin the tail on the right. theological <laughs> discussion. Hey, that sounds like a fun game. Yeah, there you go. No, it's articles one, two, and three lead up to justification. Mm-hmm. Justification is at the center and heart of Lutheran theology, and then everything from this point forward mm-hmm. explodes out of right. justification. So yeah, Article 5... Just, yeah. justify, justify was in the yep. verbiage here. Mm-hmm. So Article 5 is less about, and in, in it sounds like the ministry, we would expect mm-hmm. a discussion here about pastors, but Article 5 is really about how we receive the benefits of justification, mm-hmm. how that's mm-hmm. applied to us. And that's what we're talking about in Article 5. That's the entire discussion. And this is where... Uh, in Protestant circles, this is where you will find the Lutherans departing from the rest of the Protestants because we have the nuance uh, in the sacraments of the distinction of how sac- of how salvation is accomplished mm-hmm. and how salvation is delivered. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll be talking about that next week's episode, but the condemnation of the Anabaptists and others mm-hmm. is talking about how we receive the benefits of the salvation apart from the means of grace, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit working on us independently and and it's just a major confession here what is going on is how do we receive the benefits of justification and yeah, the mm-hmm. foot the footnote to that in the tabard yeah. edition says that sebastian frank and others taught in the 16th century that the spirit comes to men without means mm-hmm. and the word means are that means of yeah. grace whether right. word or sacrament how god chooses to deliver mm-hmm. his saving gospel through the word and sacraments that again it it's really ascribing that this is a work of God mm-hmm. and not a work of man, that we do not bring anything to the table in this regard. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's really that clarification between how sal- salvation was accomplished and how it's delivered. And mm-hmm. there isn't a yeah. single Christian, regardless of denomination on the spectrum from Roman Catholic to mm-hmm. uh, as crazy Pentecostal as you can envision. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the spectrum we're looking at <laughs> yeah. that would deny that salvation uh, has not been won by Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Salvation has been won by Christ on the cross. Yep. But where all of the various distinctions mm-hmm. is how are the benefits of that salvation delivered yeah. and applied to us? Yeah. Yes. And, th- and that's a helpful distinction to make and helps clarify our position as being Lutheran. Yep. It's... I'm sorry, but as I was kind of going, I don't know, I guess denomination hopping when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, this is the thing that, that brought me back to the hmm. Lutheran church. Hmm. This this very thing really? was how it was delivered because it wasn't, you know, and, the, and the scripture that I used was, was Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 10, and the whole saved by grace through faith alone, you know, and just trying to justify that with saying, you know, 
come to Jesus, make a decision for Jesus. And I'm not trying to be like a general jerk here, but that was some of the implications of, of what I heard, make make that decision. And I'm just like, well, if we're dead, how can we make that decision? And mm-hmm. that was really important to me that, that I believe the, the Lutheran theology um, that we're subscribing to here uh, as part of the AFLC really clearly reminds us that it's from faith for faith and that this is a gift of God Mm -hmm. and this is given solely by God according to his will and his sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And in a Lutheran assessment of the way the other traditions do things, and this isn't across the board for all of the traditions, but the Lutheran assessment is the way salvation is delivered is either delivered externally and objectively in a way that brings comfort and assurance that mm-hmm. doesn't put it on us, or it's delivered internally and subjectively. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lutheran position is, where's the comfort? Mm-hmm. If, if we put it on a decision we've made or on a response of piety or however you might confess that you know you are saved, mm-hmm. then what that will ultimately do because of our own sinful nature is to rob us of assurance or rob us of comfort or a a false sense of comfort well or or so it's Mm -hmm. it's always the 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 two go hand in hand there's always this this prideful phariseeism that thinks we're good enough to do something and then the the flip side of that coin is always the despair that we can't do it Mm -hmm. and so the 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 blessing of the lutheran system of this is that it it places everything externally on the work of God Mm -hmm. through the ministry of the word and the spirit rather than on internal experience. And and this is, again, where we pump the brakes and say that we as Lutherans do not deny experience. Mm -hmm. We do not even deny that a personal experience of conversion or of coming to faith is a valuable thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gospel should produce experience. Yeah. Yep. It, it yep. should absolutely mm-hmm. create that kind of overwhelming emotion in us. Otherwise, it's you wonder if it's being properly preached at all. But at the same That's time, the, emphasis yeah, the focus mm-hmm. isn't on that experience because experience can be manipulated, it can be faked, and we can be robbed of the experience if we have a contrary experience later on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's probably been the experience of a lot of people in our churches and our free Lutheran churches and and outside of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And any denomination that Mm -hmm. will be the case where there is an emphasis on experience, there will be comfort. Mm -hmm. People will find comfort in, in, in the people who I've debated on this cannot see the difference between the comfort the sacraments provide versus the comfort of, you know, I was at a Bible camp and it was an amazing sermon and I was just brought to my knees in tears and that's where I was saved. Yeah. But for those of us like myself who have been robbed of the comfort of experience because of a competing experience, mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. objective external means that is so appealing mm-hmm. because I've had the experience of waking up and not feeling like a Christian. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had the experience of crippling doubt where I look inside myself and all I see is sin. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're addressing in this. If, mm. if you are comforted by your conversion experience, what we say to you is praise God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what we also say is be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think another aspect of this is also from a pastoral standpoint yeah. that um, 
the gospel isn't ineffective because of our lack of genuineness mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes yeah. or, or even where, where we are. If we are preaching the word of God in its truth and clarity, regardless of how we feel or how, <clears throat> you know, dynamic we do it or how bland mm-hmm. we do it, thank God that it's really not dependent upon on the pastor. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean we don't do our, our homework. That doesn't mean we don't study the word of God to properly preach it uh, in, in its purity and true law gospel. But, um, my uh, my sermon that I deliver on a Sunday morning um, isn't withheld because of my own sin within my heart. The Holy Spirit is the agency that's working through the Word of God, that means of grace that comes through the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God and not me, my genuineness, or my mm-hmm. holy lifestyle. Right. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with that, you talk about you know, our own abilities, uh, this article really starts with the historic implications of Article 4. The, the, the starting point for us as pastors, the starting point for us as Christians, and the starting point of the confession of our faith is just the historical reality that Christ was born, mm-hmm. he lived, he suffered, he died, he was buried, he rose again, and he's now ascended into heaven. Without that historical reality, everything else falls apart. And it, it's one of the things uh, in the discipline of apologetics that if you can establish a historical person of Jesus, everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's one of the things where recently, last four or five years, it comes up almost every Easter on the social media different feeds that the, the question is posed to Christians. If it can be demonstrated that one, either Christ did not rise from the dead, Mm -hmm. or two, that Christ didn't even exist, would you still believe? And there are a lot of well-intentioned, pious Christians that will answer, yes, of course. But no, that's not the way it works. Not me. It's it's a historical (laughs) faith. If someone could, in fact, produce the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 15. Someone could produce the body of Christ. Our faith ends. We're of right. most people to be pitied, yep. but the reality of the situation is no one can produce the body of Christ because, in fact, he has risen. Mm-hmm. And there's so many witnesses, and that was the point of 1 Corinthians 15, you know, as he said that over 500, he appeared to over 500 people, you know, to the apostles and least of all me, the apostle Paul, as he says. Mm-hmm. And so there were, and many of those are still alive today. And so as he was writing to this to the church of Corinth, he was saying, go talk to people. Mm-hmm. They have seen him, you know, over 500 people, like in a court of law, if you were to bring that information where you yeah. had over 500 witnesses that something happened. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it's, overwhelming. Exactly, yeah. Right? yeah. Yep. Well, and, you know, from that point, then the next level that mm-hmm. we interact with people who disagree with us, this is Christ lived, Christ died, Christ rose again. This is a matter of the historical record. The next level is what does this all mean? Mm-hmm. And you have those who would solely use Christ as an example. Right. And, you know, I, I saw a really unfortunate article this morning before I came in uh, for recording, <laughs> someone comparing Christ's death to George Floyd's death. Ooh, wow. They said Christ called for his father as he was dying. George Floyd called for his mother as he was dying. And 
we want to be as sympathetic and as compassionate with what is going on with the fallout from George Floyd's murder Mm -hmm. and those who are earnestly and peacefully protesting for change in this country Mm -hmm. in the face of racism. But that's not how we handle Christ's death. The, The whole purpose of everything Christ did from incarnation to birth to life to death to resurrection ascension, that is for our forgiveness. Yeah, right. That, that is what happened. You know, the WWJD uh, phenomenon from the mid '90s and has flowed forward. Yeah, Christ is our example. It, it, it teaches us at times. But if we lose redemption, if we lose salvation, the whole system falls apart. You still don't need to go to church. And maybe inadvertently, you actually stop to mm-hmm. preach biblical Christianity because it becomes, in a sense, adoptionism. Very much like the Mormon mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's the message in, in many churches, I don't necessarily know if I want to say most, but I probably will, is if you could just be more like Jesus, everything mm-hmm. will be okay. Right. When we start to remove the atoning sacrifice of mm-hmm. Christ from his life, death, right. resurrection, and we minimize it, not to say that the example isn't part of it, because it is, because Peter even talks about yeah, that right, right. in his epistle. So we don't remove that, but we take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that it was so unique and so outside of what any of us as human beings experience Mm -hmm. and it's so other other than our experience and it is it is god in human flesh dying and paying for the sins of the entire world Mm -hmm. to start to minimize that aspect of it is to do a great disservice to the potency Mm -hmm. and again that inexhaustible nature to the atoning sacrifice of christ Mm -hmm. and I, i heard that too and I couldn't hear it. I no, had to turn mm-hmm, it off. And mm-hmm. I understand what they're trying to say. And I understand, what, and I really appreciate what you said about sympathy toward George Floyd, that situation and those things. Mm-hmm. But you can't compare the two. Right. Yep. And, I, and I say that as gracefully, right. but as honestly as I can. Yep. You just can't. Right. And go ahead, well, I was just going to say that that's what this, is, this article is all about. If we have that message of Christ crucified and we get to deliver that through the means of the Word of God, the sacraments, uh, the that twofold uh, part mm-hmm. of, of the ministry. And, and, and to what you guys are saying, and Brian, you really captured it. We we don't eliminate Christ as example, but we order that mm-hmm. under the gospel. Yeah, and if if the focus of your faith is in comparing your life to Christ's obedience, you don't need the gospel. All you need is the law. Because you're doing in the law with God the Father what you're doing now with God the Son. You're just comparing yourself with an all-powerful, perfect, just, righteous deity. And you're never going to line up. We we, we tend to forget that Jesus was perfectly human. And so we're, we're, uh, we're holding ourselves to that same standard of perfection that God intended the whole law to be held to. And the problem with that then is if the focus of your life of faith is on your obedience to Christ, is on your ability to follow Christ, you are living a life of faith apart from the gospel. And there's a a really um, delicate differentiation of what you're saying. What you're saying is absolutely true, and I totally agree with you. But yet that doesn't mean we don't respond as an act of worship out of it. You always talk about applying the gospel, and it comes to our motives at that point. And that's why in a lot of my preaching, um, and you know, it's not... And uh, in like a, a conclusive statement, it's like it isn't 
there's a lot more to the story, but that's why I always say to my, my congregation that whenever your obedience becomes an I have to, your motives are incorrect. It should always be I get to in the freedom of Christ, abiding in Christ, or hopefully an I want to as an act of worship, as a response of faith motivated by love. Mm-hmm. If you start to think about this have to thing or you get into pride that I can, you are walking in, in, I believe, one of the greatest senses of denial that a Christian can walk in. And I think it's one of the most dangerous mm-hmm. aspects of denial. So, Brian, you and I have a mutual friend on Facebook, who, uh, and he's a listener of this podcast, who, who will close with this. He uh, posted this as a thought exercise on When I Facebook. was on Facebook, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, no, but he's also a personal friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but he said, is it more important to confess mm. right doctrine or to follow Jesus? We talked about that before and he posted it. Was, it, yeah. it was a great post, and it was troubling how many different people chose one or the other? He called me and he goes, Brian, my heart is broken by this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's this it's this false dichotomy that you either are believing right or you're behaving right. The two can't be exactly. divorced. They right. can't be yep. separated. Yep. And he called me and said, Jason nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they do have, in their connection, they have to be ordered. Can you can you actually say your response because it was beautifully accurate? Basically, you said that you can't. The two are not mutually exclusive yeah, you right. got you have to have one that flows from the other i'm yeah, paraphrasing yeah. it but it was such a profound so he's looking it up on facebook mm-hmm. and i'm killing time while yeah, he's see, looking it up on his facebook yeah. page <laughs> i, I want to pull up the question too because the question I, was I do, beautifully stated because this is really at the heart of this mm-hmm. that question and so you know props props to to, okay. to bn you know thank you so much so uh <laughs> the question yeah the, the question was what's more important understanding biblical doctrine or following Jesus in the way we live. And so, uh, not to draw attention to myself because I, I am, I'm asking you to read it because it was the perfect answer. Uh, the, the answer I gave was if the two could be separated, you'd have a version of Christianity on either side that is not consistent with scripture. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, I did Mm -hmm. a fist pump when I heard that. So Mm -hmm. good job, Jason. (laughs) And it was, but it is, it's disheartening. And, um, you know, the one thing, and we were talking about this, and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I do believe it applies. In the midst of this coronavirus thing, I think that there's been, if we embrace it, a beautiful um, purification process that I believe the Holy Spirit's doing in the church uh, to weed out what's really not important, to maybe even expose some of the consumeristic things that we've embraced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I use the term being clickbait pastors, and I think a clickbait pastor has nothing to say to his congregation uh, if that's what he's doing. If he's just only highlighting what's happening in the news, he's only highlighting what's what's happening in the world around us and not preaching the purity of the gospel, that pastor really has nothing to say to his congregation. And I think that that there's a, a beautiful purification uh, that's happening in this. And I think that the church, if we can embrace it, to get back to the purity of the gospel of what this article states, understanding that salvation is totally and entirely a work of God, that we uh, allow the law and the perfect life of Jesus Christ to reveal to us not only God's perfection, but our in, in capability 
of doing anything to please God without the righteousness of Christ working through us mm-hmm. and embrace this whole idea of our dependency on Christ in a way that's biblical, it's beautiful, and gives peace and comfort at the same time. If we can get back to that, then the church has a voice and something to really mm-hmm. share to this nation that seems to be mm-hmm. going crazy uh, from a day-to-day basis. Yep. yep. Amen. Sorry. Rant. This, yeah. this rant was brought to yeah, you by right by, good... by Norby Lion Corp. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he's listening. Oh, that's funny. All right, are we at the end yeah, here? Yeah, ready for a verse? Yep. Yeah, I do. And um, I had talked about this earlier I, I, in a different um, light, off off uh, off mic and off show, but I think it really applies. Uh, Romans chapter five, verses one and two. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.